Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 7 of My Hero Academia. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So last we left off, the students were taking part in this sort of assignment where it's like, uh, heroes and villains style capture the flag. Midoriya had come into conflict with Bakugo, and, you know, understandably, he decided not to use his quirk so far, seeing as how he would very likely, you know, turn Bakugo into pulp and destroy his arm in the process. But what I really like is that he's managing to hold his own using only rudimentary martial arts to his advantage. Well, I guess, you know, rudimentary martial arts and his understanding of what his opponent is going to do. I'd almost consider this to be like a bit of a high watermark in that it shows that even a person with a disadvantage as Midoriya has is capable of doing something worthwhile. You know, even if a quirk would make him a better hero... You know, he certainly has capabilities now. So it seems as though since we're getting this interaction between Bakugo and Midoriya, you know, especially given that they have to fight each other, it only makes sense to sort of flesh out their background somewhat. You know, it seems to me that Midoriya is in a bit of a weird position where clearly this guy was a jerk and would pick on him frequently, but seeing as how he was just one of the neighborhood kids, you know, I guess... He really had no choice but to hang out with him, you know. I mean, maybe not no choice, but, you know, when you're a kid, you're sort of, um... Limited to, like, the kids in your vicinity, I guess. 
You know, it's kind of unfortunate that so early on, they're trying to make it really, really clear that Bakugo has some serious villainous tendencies here. And it definitely doesn't make him look good, you know? You know, it's kind of telling that in this whole hero versus villain exercise, he's made to be the villain. And, you know, he's certainly suited for it. But thinking about it, this whole hero-villain assignment, it, uh, it's kind of interesting, I would think, because there's an obvious asymmetry in victory conditions. Because on the one hand, you know, the heroes, their victory condition is they need to disarm the weapon and defeat the villains. And they have a timer to do it. So, you know, I mean, I guess it makes sense what they're saying now. You know, they bring up my own observation here that, you know, real life isn't fair. So why should the assignment not prepare you for real life? But at the same time, you know... Presumably, they're all being graded on this. It's hardly fair to put some people at an advantage and some at a disadvantage. You know, this is a nice little piece of... Um, well, pretty good writing, I would say. You know, it's sort of showing how Midoriya... He's sort of used to not having a superpower to work around with, so he sort of has to use his brain instead. And seeing as how he witnessed Eraserhead use essentially a scarf to sort of restrain people, you know, he's applying the techniques he observed into his own fighting style. I also like how this sort of unwillingness to use his power is sort of treated as, I don't know, like self-restraint or judiciousness. You know, like the obvious drawback is that he will hurt himself and likely others if he cuts loose. But seeing as how that's a factor, he really has to use his noggin. It's also interesting that Bakugo sort of treats this whole quirkless business as a personal insult, as though Midoriya had been laughing behind his back this entire time. Obviously this isn't the case, and even if Midoriya had had a quirk this whole time and was just hiding it, you know, he really isn't the type to sort of laugh behind his back, you know. This sort of speaks to Bakugo's personality in that he thinks so highly of himself, but, you know, it seems to sort of be an effort to cover up a sense of inferiority or something like that. You know, people generally don't have to brag about how great they are if they really truly are great. You know, it's one of those situations where words are cheap, you know, actions speak louder than words.
So it's nice that Midoriya is thinking tactically about things, and that really the only way to go about doing things is for him to sort of hold off Bakugo for now and hope that Uraraka can make her way to the weapon. You know, I guess the idea here is that Midori is hoping he can subdue Bakugo in time to help, but, you know, that seems to be a little bit of a long shot, if you ask me. You know, just on its face. Honestly, I think Midoriya's best bet is really to just sort of distract Bakugo, keep his attention divided, and in doing so, just sort of hope that Uraraka can handle things on her own. You know, that might be a bit of a long shot, but considering the people Midoriya is up against, you know, I don't know he has much of a choice, really. So it seems that, you know, even from an early age, Bakugo really was just kind of a jerk. And, you know, some of it is... He's fairly precocious, you know. It seems like he could read before his peers, and therefore he was able to sort of pick on people in a new dimension that nobody was able to really fight back with. I mean, I guess it doesn't help that even from the very beginning, everybody was already sort of stoking his ego a little bit. I mean, I guess they couldn't have known, but... I don't know, you know, it doesn't really seem like a great idea to me to sort of tell, like, a little kid that they are really, really great, you know? Like, it's one thing to sort of praise them proportionally or in accordance with reality, but to just sort of praise them endlessly or to an exaggerated degree, you know, you're really just sort of setting the kid up for trouble in the future. So I'm wondering if maybe this is where some of the animosity stemmed from. You know, Bakugo's other friends, they didn't really do anything to potentially help him, whereas Midoriya did, and while he didn't end up needing the help, you know, it's sort of a gesture that indicates the various personalities of the parties involved. And that Bakugo would sort of interpret an action like that, even at that age, as something negative. You know, that's really unfortunate. So Uraraka has indeed found the weapon, and Ida, who's just sort of talking to himself. 
You know, I do think he's a bit of an interesting character. You know, he's very, um... He's very serious, you know? He doesn't have much of a sense of humor. He takes things seriously. He's earnest in kind of a silly way. You know, he's getting into this sort of villainous role, and in doing so... I feel like he's sort of emulating a villain like you'd see on Power Rangers or something like that. You know, a Super Sentai villain. It's, uh... It's definitely silly and hammy, but... You know, I like it. If nothing else, I like how much he's getting into it. So, on the one hand, Uraraka has lost the element of surprise, which complicates things, but on the other hand, if Ida's really getting into a supervillain mindset, he's naturally going to monologue and explain his evil scheme and do a bunch of other stuff that's ultimately counterproductive to his goals. You know, I guess it's probably for the best that Ida's taking things a little bit too seriously, considering that Midoriya's got so much to deal with. I mean, at this point, Bakugo's even trying to goad him into using his quirk. You know, he thinks he wants that, but... You know, he, he really doesn't have any idea what precisely he's messing with. You know, that's not to say Midoriya would ever unleash a punch on him or anything like that, but... You know, even if he sort of, like, punches near him, I'm sure it would cause a fair bit of collateral damage. So, even if Midoriya is hesitant to use his powers, Bakugo isn't, you know. He's actually using some serious firepower. And, um... You know, I feel like, at this point, stopping the assignment wouldn't be out of the question, you know? Like, All Might said, you know, Bakugo, don't you do it, and he did it. So I feel like maybe intervening is uh, not out of the question here, but... I don't know, I mean, All Might does have limitations that he has to be mindful of, so, you know, maybe he can't intervene. But that said, you know, things are certainly getting out of hand, and he's the authority here. So I guess in a way, Bakugo's recklessness is kind of fortunate in that it's distracted Ida for a crucial instant. Uruk is using her powers to sort of attempt to neutralize the weapon. You know, whether she's successful or not remains to be seen. I, mean, I guess it only makes sense that she wouldn't be successful in her first attempt. After all, she's dealing with someone who is, uh, fast by nature, so I guess, you know, if she does want to succeed, she's going to have to do something to neutralize him as well. 
or at the very least take advantage of his proclivity to be distracted. So, it seems like the situation is pretty bad all around. Because on the one hand, Midoriya is not safe at short range or long range, and Uraraka is not in any position to really tie things up on her end either. So, you know, somewhat tellingly, some of the other students are saying, you know, Aren't things going too far? And All Might, you know... In my opinion, he's kind of weaseling out of it. You know, his sort of rationale is that, well, he's not trying to kill Midoriya, so I guess it's okay, but... I mean, that seems rather... Uh, rather weak-willed. You know, it doesn't matter if he's trying to kill him, he's definitely trying to cause bodily harm. That should be enough. So unfortunately, it seems like Midoriya might be in a position where he is going to have to use his quirk after all. So the peanut gallery here, they're sort of um, analyzing the fight, and they would have us believe that Bakugo is pretty intelligent too. You know, he hasn't proven to be quite as smart as Midoriya, but if he's able to sort of move as he has demonstrated himself to be able to, that involves, I guess, an intuitive understanding of physics. It is unfortunate that Bakugo is so good that he would sort of force Midoriya's hand to actually use his quirk. I mean, at this point, everybody's really starting to notice here that Bakugo doesn't have to do any of what he's doing. You know, he really just has to wrap him up in the tape, but he's really, uh, he's really going for it. You know, stepping into his role as a villain here, albeit unintentionally. I mean, everybody's sort of ascribing Midoriya's running away as to possibly having a plan, considering how resourceful he's proved so far, but... I mean, he does have a plan, you know it'll likely just shatter his arm. You know, it seems like Midoriya and Bakugo have finally stopped talking past each other. But, I don't know if it's really going to help, you know. Midoriya's telling him how stupid it is that he thinks Midoriya believes himself to be better. Because obviously it's not true in any regard, but, well, I don't know, you know, if, 
if talking could stop any of this, it probably would have done already. So, for better or for worse, Midori decides the only way to get out of this is to use his quirk. You know, in retrospect, this really is a pretty big failing on All Might's part, considering that he does have a responsibility to intervene and stop something like this. But then again, it seems as though Midoriya does actually have a plan, and perhaps stopping everything now would be a disservice to him. So there we have it, you know, Midoriya, he wasn't going to punch Bakugo, he actually punched upward, blasting a big column through the building. Presumably giving Uraraka the opportunity she needs to disarm the bomb. I mean, considering that the whole plan here is the villains presumably have a doomsday weapon, maybe uh, firing a bunch of shrapnel at it isn't exactly a great idea, but, you know, for the purposes of a training exercise, it's probably alright. So it's interesting how in one fell swoop, everything just sort of turned around, you know. Midoriya distracted Bakugo, gave Uraraka an opening, and she was able to capitalize on it. So, you know, if Midori was trying to get Bakugo to calm down, this certainly wasn't the way to do it, you know? So it's interesting that Midori was so willing to forsake any attempt to defend himself. Because not only does he destroy his one arm, looks like the other one's pretty severely burned too. Like I'd imagine that's gotta hurt a fair bit. But I think it speaks to his determination, if nothing else, that he's able to sort of willingly do this.
Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.